Praise the Lord. Welcome into another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for all your wonderful blessings and gifts that you've given us, dear God. And God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, Lord, to go out by way of internet, dear God, on this podcast, Lord, to to talk about you and to teach of you, dear God, in your word. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, that, Lord, that you will give me the words to say, that I may help someone, dear God, that I may lift you up, dear Lord, and to tell the world about you. And I, Lord, I just thank you for this privilege, and I glorify you. I thank you for choosing me, and I thank you for using me. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, last week we were, uh, were talking about uh, the children of Israel and how that uh, they had uh, went up uh, against the uh, Anarons uh, and they wouldn't let them cross their land, so they went around them and the children of Israel got to complaining because of the way and uh, it, it wasn't, you know, they had all thought that they were going to get to go uh through Anon in the uh, down the King's Highway, and they didn't get to go that way, and they had to go through some through the wilderness, through maybe through some uh, uh, bushes or whatever, and they got to complaining about that. And the Lord sent fiery serpents to bite them, and uh, it killed some of them. And they went to Moses and told Moses, you know, that they had sinned against him, that they had sinned against God, to ask God to. Uh, to help them to uh, take away these serpents. And God told Moses to take and make a, a fiery serpent and put it up on a pole. And whoever gets bitten uh, by one of these serpents, when they look upon this brass serpent that's upon this pole, they'll live. And that's what Moses done. And there was quite a few of them that died uh, in that in that time of, of griping and complaining. But we're going to start in verse number 10. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in Oboth. And they journeyed from Oboth and pitched in Asherah Abram in the wilderness, which is before Moab, toward the sun rising. From thence they moved and pitched in the valley of Zared. And from thence they moved and pitched on the other side of Arnon, which is in the wilderness that cometh out of the coast of the Amorites, for Arnon is the border of Moab, between Moab and the Amorites. Wherefore it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord, what he did in the Red Sea and in the brooks of Arnon, and at the stream of the brooks that goeth down to the dwelling are, and lieth upon the border of Moab. And from thence they went to Beer, that is the well thereof, whereof the Lord spake unto Moses, Gather the people together, and I will give them water. And Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. And the princes digged the well, the nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves. And from the wilderness they went to Manasseh, and from there they went to uh, Nathal, and from Nail to Bamath, and from 
Bamoth in the valley that is in the country of Moab to the top of Pisgah, which looked toward Jessamine. Now, this is some of their, their travelings and some of the places that they stopped on their journey. Uh, and, you know, if you remember, the Lord told them after the tabernacle got built and the cloud came and sat down on top of the tabernacle, he said, whenever the cloud comes off the tabernacle, uh, I want you all to move. And then when it, when it stops, uh, I want you to build the tabernacle and uh, the cloud sat down back back down on it, and the people were, went about their business, day to day business, day to day things, until the cloud uh, rose up off the tabernacle. And when it rose up off the tabernacle, everybody got ready, and they they left and went to another place. And all these different places have uh, different meanings, and some of them are are uh, sort of. Um, I guess you'd call them different, and there's different. Um, like Obeth uh, means water bags or uh, uh, bottles. And I, I, Abram, it means the ruins of Abram. And Moab means seed. Now Moab, uh, the grandson of Lot by incest with his older daughter, they're the, they're the ones that... Uh, his son is the one that started Moab. Uh, or, yeah, his son by his daughter. Uh, and that's found in Genesis 19, 30 through 38. And Zorad, uh, in Isaiah, it's called Brook of the Willows. And in Amos, the River of the Wilderness. Uh, and it's uh, it's got a lot of water in it. And Ar Arnon was the swift run, uh, rearing racing stream that's and beer, I mean a well, Matea, a gift, and Bamoth was high places. And we'll find out uh, later about a place called Bamoth Baal, and that was the high places of Baal. And Horma is uh, a, a devoted place. And these, you know, back then when... Even when people went to a, a certain place and they settled in that place, even though somebody else may have named it named it something, when they settled into it or they went into it, they named it according to what was was there and and what the place was like, and that's where a lot of these places get their names, and some of them gets their names after the people that settles the the uh, the different places. It just just goes to who's going in and what goes on and and uh, what they feel like that the place needs to be named. Now then, we're going to go into verse twenty-one, and then here we're going to get into uh, some battles. The the children of Israel are are going to get into some battles. Now these battles that they get into, remember they they went out against uh, the. Uh, Amorites, I believe it was, and the Canaanites, and the Lord told them not to, and they, they got they got in trouble. So now then, uh, uh, the Lord is telling them that, you know, he's he giving them their blessing. They can go out and they can take these cities, and he's going to be with them. He's going to give them the city, but they have to utterly destroy everything. In verse 20, 21, uh, chapter 21, starting in verse 21. 
And Israel sent messengers unto Shion, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through thy land. We will not turn into the fields nor into the vineyards. We will not drink of the waters of the well, but we will go along by the king's highway until we pass thy borders. And Shion would not suffer Israel to pass through his border. But Shion gathered all his people together and went out against Israel into the wilderness, and he came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. And Israel smote him with the edge of the sword and possessed his land from Arnon unto Jabbok, even unto the children of Ammon. For the border of the children of Ammon was strong. And Israel took all these cities, and Israel dwelt in all the cities of the Amorites in Heshbon, and in all the villages thereof. For Heshbon was the city of Shalon, the king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab, and taken all his land out of his hand, even unto Arnon. Wherefore they that speak in Proverbs say, Come unto Heshbon, let the city of Shalon be built and prepared. For there is a fire gone out, of Heshbon, a flame from the city of Shon. It hath consumed Ar of Moab and the lords of the high places of Arnon. Woe to thee, Moab! Thou art undone, O people of Chesma. He hath given his sons that escape and his daughters unto captivity unto Shon, king of the Amorites. We have shot at them. Heshbon is perished, even unto Dabon and we have laid them waste, even unto Nopha, which reacheth unto Medaba. Thus Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites. So they went out against Shion. They asked, they they were very nice about this. Each each time that they wanted to go through these cities, they sent messengers to the king and asked the king if they could go through. They go through their land. They they said they'd stay out of the fields. They'd stay out of the vineyards. They wouldn't drink no water. They wouldn't take no nothing out of the fields or the vineyards. And they they'd walk through on the king's highway till it was completely on the other side and out of their city, and that'd be the end of it. And they they wouldn't let them. And not only did the king of Shine not let them, but he got his men together and he went out against Israel, and. The Lord was with Israel, and Israel defeated Shion and took all their land, even though the Shion had taken land from Moab and uh, and had taken their land from them. They lost everything. They had nothing, and they, they killed uh, about all of the people, and they took over the place, and, and they lived in it for a while. You know, the Lord will, will help you fight your battles. The Lord will fight your battles for you. If you will just put your trust in him and listen to him and do what he says, uh, he's, he's not going to leave you to defend for yourself. He will give you answers when you need them, and he will give you the answers that you need, whether it's the answers you want or not. Now, that's completely different, but he will give you the answers that you need, and he will fulfill all his promises if he tells you he was, he was going to do something. He won't forget. He, I guarantee you, he will do it. If he, if the, if the Lord tells you he's going to do something for you, he will do it in his time, and he's never late. He's always on time, 
and he's he's not going to forget about it, and he's not not going to say no. Nah, I, I, you know, they they've aggravated me to death, and they haven't done what I wanted them to do. So you know, I'm just going to take my time, and and sooner or later I'll answer it. You know, it doesn't matter. He, no, that's not the way he is. He meets our needs right on time. He's never late, rarely early, but he's always right on time. And he was with the Israelites as they were going through this land, through the lands. And yeah, they Israel decided not to go up against Arnon. Uh, they decided that they didn't want they didn't for some reason I don't know what it is, but they went around them, and they got on the other side and they started through Shiloh. And King of Shiloh said, "Nope, and you're not going through my land." And then he he went out against them. And when he went out against them, the Lord delivered John into the Israelites, and they they uh, they came out victorious over them. In verse thirty-two, and Moses sent to spy out Jazer, and they took the villages thereof and drove out the Amorites that were there, and they turned and went up by the way of Bashan, and Og the king of Bashan went out against them he and all his people to to the battle at Endry. And the Lord said unto Moses, Fear not, fear him not, for I have delivered him unto thy hand and all his people and his land, and thou shalt do to him as thou didst unto Shion, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. So they smote him and his sons and all his people until there was none left him alive, and they possessed his land. So here they they went in uh, and to uh, to Og in Bashan, and they took it, took that land, and and smote everybody that was in that that place. You know, and the Lord told them, said, "Fear not. You know, you don't you don't have to fear these people. I have given them to you. You go take them take them out." Because they are going to, uh, I have delivered them into your hands. And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what the Lord tells you to do. Whenever the Lord tells you he wants you to do something, fear not. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be worried about this, that, and the other. All you have to do is is walk through that door and and be a willing vessel and be a, be willing to be used to the Lord and he will he will be there with you he will fight your battles he will steer you in the way that he wants you to go and you have no worries this is the lord that we serve this is our god that we serve he is he is on our side he is for us he will do anything that we want him to do all we have to do is just trust in him have faith in him lean up on him and go the way that he tells us to go now in chapter 22, we have, we have a situation brewing here where uh, we have another city and another group of uh, people that are afraid of the Israelites. They have heard of their of all the things that they have done, how that they have went through these different uh, townships and, and different places, and they have utterly destroyed everybody in them. And, and probably didn't have, probably did not have any casualties of their own, but they just marched through them, 
So now then we have got some people that are, are really worried and they are turning to others for help. In chapter 22, And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side Jordan by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zephor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. He was afraid. He was scared. He knew there was a coming. They know he knew there was coming for him, and he did not know what to do. He he knew that they they there was a great many people. I don't know if they was if their army was bigger than Moab's, but he he was afraid anyway because he knew that the armies that they had uh, de- defeated uh, and they, he knew that they were strong and all that, and he knew how easy it was for them to defeat them. And now he's thinking, well, they're going to come after me. So I, I need to do something. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shalt this company lick up all that are round about us as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of the poor, was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Preadventure I shall prevail that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land, for I want that he whom thou blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursest is cursed. All right, now then, in Proverbs, I mean in, uh, yeah, I'll think of it here in a minute. Uh, Balak was a, uh, a soothsayer, a, uh, uh, Balaam, Balaam was a pilgrim, a devouring or land of the people, a diviner, counted a prophet, yet followed the unholy practice of Eastern soothsayers. He was a diviner. He, he was a type of person that uh, he uh, practiced. I uh, see uh, a, a diviner was uh, in the art or practice that seeks to foresee or foretell the future events or discover hidden knowledge, usually by the interpretation of omens or by the aid of supernatural powers. And a soothsayer is a person who predicts the future by magical, uh, in, uh, intuitive, or more rational means. So in other words, he... He was into some of the dark arts. He, he arts. He was. He, he, you know, he's one of those people that he talked to the Lord. He was led by the Lord, but yet he done some some things that uh, weren't just exactly uh, holy. So, uh, Balak, Balak called uh, Balaam and told him. He said, "I need you to come." <laughs> We've got a bunch of people that's coming after me, and they are a mighty people, and they're going to come, and they're going to overtake me. 
And I know, and I know that uh, he that whom you blessed is blessed, and he whom you cursed is cursed. I, I, I know your reputation. I know who you are, and I know if you will come up here and you will curse these people. I know for a fact that we can go in and we can uh, take care of these people and annihilate these people and and get this thread over with and we won't have, nobody will have to worry about it no more. Everybody everything can go back to the way it was, and you know that's that's the way we are sometimes as Christians. We want the things in our life that are <coughs> that we don't think are right. And that we don't think ought to be there. We we want them to disappear and to go away so we can get <clears throat> get back to our normal way of living, uh, the way that we uh, have always lived instead of having to do some of this stuff that the Lord wants us to do. And, you know, like uh, go to church all the time and read our Bible every day and pray every day and and you know we you know we don't have to do that every day as long as we we go to church and we take our bibles with us when we go to church and and we read along with the preacher and everything you know everything's fine well no it's not this is where that we need to as children of god we need to study our bible read our bible every day if we don't study it we need to at least read it and then we need to uh pray every day and we need to talk to god every day just not one time but many times during the day and and when things comes up in our life that you know we would rather not have in our life and we'd rather not do you know we're gonna have to to just buckle down and go ahead and do them and not worry about it because in the end we're gonna have to do them anyway and if we do them right at the first, then we're, we're not going to have to worry about getting chastised because of, of not doing them and because we, we made too many excuses and everything and we grumbled and we complained too much. And then we get chastised and we still end up doing it anyway. So, you know, we, we might as well just go ahead and the old saying is just bite the bullet and go ahead and do it. And... You know, but Balak, he, he was really scared, and he called Balaam, and he said, I want you to come, and I want you to curse these people uh, so that we can we can take care of them and everything can get back to normal. Well, I've got news for him. The Lord has moved into the valley, to the wilderness there, and things are going to be anything but normal from this point on. When you ask the Lord to come into your life, from that point on, your life is going to be anything but normal. Uh, your the normal that you have been used to, because the Lord will will <laughs> the Lord will turn your life upside down, and He will shake all that stuff. It's unlike Him out of your life, and when He turns you right side up, He will put all those things that are like Him and all those things that. He wants you to be and all those things that he wants you to do. He's going to put those in your life. And then he's going to say, all right, I have got a job for you to do. Now I need you to do this job. Don't argue with him. Just say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'll do what you want me to do. You'll be a whole lot better off in the long run. But, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter how many times we say this. When it comes to the point that the Lord has got something that he wants me to do, I've got 1,800 reasons why that I can't do 
what he says, what he is wanting me to do. I have so many reasons why that I cannot do what he's wanting me to do. But you know what? In the end, I have to go ahead and say, yes, Lord, I, I will do your will. And I end up doing what I kept telling him I couldn't do in the first place. I end up doing it. And I really end up doing it well because I start trusting in the Lord and I tell and I I I let him show me exactly how that it is to be done because a lot of times I don't have a clue uh, as to how things are to be done that the Lord wants me to do. And that's the way he wants it. So that way he can teach me the right way to do the things that he wants me to do. You know, we we have a tendency, if we have any inclination of how to do something that the Lord wants us to do, we, ha we have a tendency of trying to tell the Lord, no, that's not supposed to be done that way. It's supposed to be done this way. Whereas when we ain't got a clue about what he wants us to do and how to do it or how to proceed, then he can lead and guide and direct us and, and show us exactly how it's supposed to be done the right way the first time and then we don't have to redo it over and over and over and over again. And the elders of Moab, verse 7, and the elders of Midian departed from the reward, departed with the rewards of divination in their hand and they came unto Balaam and they spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me, and the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. Well, you know, I know Balaam was into some unholy things and all that, but I, I, do, I do appreciate one thing. He did tell the people, he said, Well, you abide here. I'm going to go tonight, and I'm going to talk to the Lord. And I'm going to find out what he wants me to do. And then I'll come back and tell you. See, they'd already gave him the money for the uh, for doing what uh, Balak wanted him to do. They've already given him that. But uh, he'll keep that. But he'll still yet, he's going to find out just exactly what it is that the Lord wants him to do. And God came to Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of the poor, king of Moab, has sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them. Preadventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people. For they are blessed. Don't you're not going. Forget it. No way. Stay here. Tell them you can't do it. Tell them I said you can't do it. And uh, you can't curse those people because those are people are blessed. There are they are my people. And you know what? That's it, that's exactly what God tells Satan when he comes against us. <laughs> no, no, Satan, you can't do that. That's my that's my that's my son or that's my daughter that's my children you can't do that 
So you just might as well just go on somewhere else, bother young people, leave my people alone. But, you know, every once in a while, just like Job, the Lord allows Satan to come against us to a certain point. But, you know, the, the thing about it is I like the illustration that my dad used to, uh, used to give all the time. And he used to say that Satan was like a little poodle dog on a leash. The Lord would just let him go so far, and then he'd pull him back and say, Nope, Satan, that's far enough. Yes, let me tell you something. Whether you believe it or not, but Satan, but God can control Satan and is in control of him. And he allows, he don't, he don't make him do stuff to us, but he allows him to do stuff to us. Why? To strengthen us, to test us, to prove to us uh, exactly how close to God we are and how deep we are in his love and in his trust and how much we trust him and how much faith we have in him. He allows things to come against us sometimes to prove to us what's going on. He knows exactly uh, how, how much we can stand. He knows exactly where our breaking point is at. And he will take us right up. He will allow us to be taken up right up to that breaking point before he ever uh, lets make Satan back off and leave us alone. And, you know, we need those things. You know, I, I think about it a lot of times, and I, I think, you know, ask the Lord sometimes why these things come against us so many times. But, you know, the Lord has to do that to strengthen us. He has to do that to, to help us to get closer to him and get just a little bit more of things out of our life. You know, it's, it's like refining uh, gold. You take gold and you put it in this, this metal container, I'm chunks of gold, and you apply heat to it. You know, sometimes God has got to let, apply the heat to us so that we, can, uh, that we can get just a little bit closer to him. But when you apply that heat to that gold and that gold starts melting and you, you have to have your heat just precise to melt that uh, gold to a certain temperature, and you let that gold melt there for a little while and heat for a little while, and, and all this, this foreign stuff starts floating to the top of it. That's all the impurities that's in that gold. It starts floating to the top of it. You can't take it all out because gold is a very soft metal when it's pure. So, you know, it, you can't take it all out, but you can take a lot of it out. And you scoop all that stuff off, all them impurities that's in that gold. You scoop that off and, and you do away with it. It's, it's not no good for nothing, so you do away with it. That's what God does to us. He, he allows us to go through things. He allows us to be put tried by the fire so that when we are tried by the fire and we get to a certain point and all this stuff that's unlike him starts floating to, to the top, he can skim all that stuff off and he can get all that stuff that's unlike him. He can get all that out of our lives and then he has room to put more of him in our lives. And he, and he doesn't he doesn't take all the impurities out of us all at one time. He does it a little bit at a time as we can stand it. And he knows 
he knows when we can stand it and he knows how far that we can be tested before he has to start uh, skimming that stuff off and, and adding in the good things of his. And that's, you know, that's, that's the things that we have to go through. We, we really need to go through those things. And, uh, we need, and we really need to look forward to those times because it's those times when that we are getting closer to God and God is able to use us just a little bit more and God is able to bless us just a little bit more. No, it's, it's, it's not fun going through those trials. It's not fun going through those times of, of being tried and, and being heat going through the fire and, and him skimming off the stuff that's unlike him out of our lives. It's, it's, it's not fun. It's very hard sometimes. And, I, and sometimes he will push us to the point to where that we are just ready to throw the towel in and say, forget it, I quit. It, I've had all I can stand. And he, and he starts, no, now wait just a minute, wait just a little bit longer. It's about over with. Just hang in there just a little bit more. And he'll start coaxing us, and he'll start, and he'll start uh, talking softly to us, and he'll start uh, uh, cheering us on to where that we can go on just a little bit more because there's just a little bit more that he needs to get out of our life. There's just a little bit more that he needs to skim off the top. And when he skims that off the top, then we're ready to go. And when we when we go through that and he gets all that stuff out of our life and he puts a little bit more in him and we get on the other side of that trial and on the other side of going through that flame, we get to looking around and we thought, you know, that was worth every bit of that. You know, the way I feel right now and the weight and how much of the Lord I feel and how much he's blessing me, it was worth everything that I just went through. But, you know, we have a tendency to forget about those things. And we have a tendency to, to forget about those troubles and trials that we went through. And we have a tendency, just like the children of Israel, we have a tendency and, and we, we get to looking back and we, we, we get to wanting to go back to Egypt. But, you know, we need to stay out of Egypt. We need to quit looking at Egypt and we need to remember what God done for us the last time we went through a trial and how that we felt after we come out of it. That's what we need to remember. If you want to really remember the good times, people, that's the good times. That's the good times. It's what God has brought you through and what you felt when you came out on the other side. But Balak, he told the Lord, he told the, the men. He said, uh, Balaam rose up early in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. And Balak sent yet again princes, more, and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said unto him, Thus saith Balak, the son of the poor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. Oh, now, okay, now. So they sent just a little bit more. Sent some more important people. All right, Balaam's thinking, Well, man, it, it, 
Balak's serious. I mean, he's he's sending all these these princes and all these people and all this stuff up here to me. He's he's getting serious about this. See, the thing about it is, is right at that point that uh, Balaam's curiosity was really getting getting tested. He he was getting real curious. He wanted to know exactly who these people was and and exactly what was going on. And he told them. He said, "All right." He said. Terry, you here tonight, and I'm going to go in, and I'm going to talk to the Lord. And he, he said, see, let's, and Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak gave, would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord, my God, to do less or more. Now, therefore, I pray you, Terry, you also here this night, that I may know the, the Lord will say unto me more. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word of the Lord, which I shall say unto thee, that shall you thou do. All right, now then. Balaam, Balaam, Balaam is about to get in trouble here. See, I, I've read up just a little bit, and I know what's going, I know what's going on from here. But Balaam told and the Lord told him, he said, if, now listen, now get this part. If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. If they come to you and they call upon you, then you go with them. But when you go with them, whatever I tell you to say, that's what you're going to say. Now then, Balaam rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Right there, he got in trouble. The men didn't come to call on him. He got up on his own. He went and saddled his own ass, and then he may went and got the men and say, all right, I'm ready, let's go. So he got in trouble. But now then, I want you, I want you to, to look at the next few verses of Scripture of exactly what the Lord done. Let me tell you something, people. When God wants something done, it doesn't matter. He can use anything in this earth to do the work that he needs done. He can use a bright light. He can use a rooster. He can use a donkey. He can use a sinner person. He can use a Christian person, a king, it, a priest. It does not matter. When God needs someone to do a job, and it's a very serious job, he will pick who he wants to do that job, and whether they are willing to admit it or not, they do that job and they think they are doing whatever they're doing because they want to. But it's, it's not. It's because God is directing their path. But Balaam, he got, he, he's not, God is not directing his path because the men didn't come calling on him. And he got up in the morning and he, he saddled his ass and he, he got with the men and, and they left to go to, he basically Balaam just I think he just basically wanted to go see what was going on because 
of all the stuff that uh, Balak was sending to him, he just wanted to see just exactly what was going on. And I think that's the reason why that he got up that morning because the Lord, you know, the Lord told him, I, told me I could go with them. He, he just left out some parts there, but he, he had it in his mind. The Lord, God told me I could go, so I'm going to get up in the morning and saddle my ass, and I'm going to go, and I'm going, I'm going to see what's going on for myself. Verse 22. And God's anger was, uh, was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way, and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on his side, and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself, into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall and he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam and Balaam's anger was kindled and he smote the ass with his staff. See, Balaam don't know what's going on. He just knows that for some reason, all of a sudden, this his ass that he was riding just basically is doing whatever she wants to do, and it's not going the way that I want her to go. And uh, there's something wrong with this picture, and I just can't quite figure it out. And it's a good thing I don't have my sword because I'd be walking because I'd kill this this ass. Little did he know that the Lord had sent an angel and the angel was blocking the way and the ass couldn't go nowhere. And, you know, sometimes we get it in our minds that we're going to do something. Even though we feel like that, you know, we really shouldn't be doing this. I don't think the Lord wants us wants me to do this, but I'm going to do this anyway. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one that's ever been there and done that. But, you know, we we get in trouble when we do that. And, you know, the Lord works in very mysterious ways, just as we read right here. He works in very mysterious ways, and sometimes it takes us a while to figure out that uh, uh, um, I'm in trouble. I have messed up, and by this time things are, are, are gone really bad, and we are being chastised really bad, and we, we figure out that, Mm, I've messed up, and I've messed up bad. And this is where that we need to go to the Lord, and we need to we need to pray and ask God to forgive us for the things that we've done. Ask God to forgive us for for the for messing up, and and you know I mean really get down and ask God to forgive us. But you know this this donkey he could see this angel and and Balaam couldn't, and Balaam had no idea what was going on. And the Lord, in verse 28, And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? 
I, ca I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be riding a, an ass, riding uh, a horse or anything, and it, it doing things like this, and then all of a sudden it starts talking to me. I think I would maybe be making tracks out there real quick. Like I wouldn't be hanging around trying to figure out what's going on. I, I, I don't think so. Cause that, that, I believe that would, that would really, really scare me when, when an animal started talking to me. And when, and, and Balaam said unto the ass, because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in my hand for now will I, would I kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, I am, am I not thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before thee. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. Hmm. I tell you what, that would be a, a bad situation to be in. You know, my dad, many years ago, had malaria fever, and he also had bleeding ulcers. And he was, he was in a uh, Free Will Baptist church. He was, he was a preacher at Free Will Baptist church. But he had gotten into God's Word, and he had started studying God's Word, and he had studied on uh, 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 sanctification, uh, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and uh, uh, healing, and uh, all these things. And he was preaching about uh, healing, about divine healing, and how that the Lord could heal you, no matter of, of whatever it was that was wrong with you. But he said uh, he he left for work one night. He was working graveyard, and he left for work one night. And he said, "I never will forget." It. He said, "I always get in my car, put my lunchbox in the right hand seat." And he said, "Somewhere down the road, he said, I was bent over, my arm in my stomach, and I was bent over." And he said, "I was hurting so bad I couldn't hardly stand it." He said, "I was crying, I was sweating, going on." And he said, at some point in time, he said, I reached over and got my dinner bucket and set it in the floor. And he said, there was somebody come in my car and sat down. And he said, before I could say the say a word, there was a voice said, said you're a hypocrite. And he he wanted to tell the Lord he that he wasn't, and he couldn't. And he said, the Lord told him, he said, you're teaching and preaching divine healing and you don't even believe it yourself. And he said at that moment, he said, I asked God to forgive me. And he said, I asked God to heal me of my bleeding ulcers and to heal me of my malaria. 
And when my father died, he never had never had another attack of malaria from that time on. He never had another attack of bleeding ulcers. He ate anything that he wanted to. And the old saying is, he uh, he eat it before it eat him. And he never had another problem with that. But it took a, a grand intervention from the Lord to get his eyes open, just like Balaam here. It took a divine intervention of the Lord for him to open his eyes and to see this angel standing in the way. It took a donkey uh, to, uh, to get him to stop and slow down long enough to where that he could see the Lord. And then when his eyes were opened, then is when he, he, he had to ask for forgiveness. And he, had, he had, to, had some explaining to do, and he had a lot of listening to do. Well, you know, it, it all comes back to we just got to, to trust in the Lord, and we got to do just exactly what he says, what, what he tells us. You know, there's no, there's no gray areas. Well, you know, he told me to do this, but, you know, I think I'm, I'm all right. Just like Balak, he said, you know, the Lord told him, said, if these men come for you, then you go with them. But he, he thought, well, you know, I'm going to go find out what's going on anyway. So he, he went out and he saddled his ass and, and he went on down the road and the Lord stopped him. And the Lord's got got straighten him out and tell him some things here. But we're going to stop right there until the next time. But I thank you all for listening, and I hope you all got something out of this. Uh, I know the Lord has blessed me greatly in these teachings, and, and I hope it's blessed you. And until next time, may God bless you.